Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Backhield Show. My name is Joe Lowry, and on today's episode, we are diving into one key transfer that happened in the American soccer landscape earlier today, and we'll dig into the wild offseason that's currently unfolding around the world of Major League Soccer. We're going to be looking at which teams have the most to do between now and when the regular season gets underway. We'll talk about all of that in less than 10 minutes, because here on The Backhield Show, we believe that just because soccer games are 90 minutes long doesn't mean that soccer podcasts have to be. So let's get to it and talk soccer. All right, folks, let's start off with that transfer that I mentioned. It's not the biggest money move of all time. It's not the biggest money move of the offseason, but it is a fascinating one in my mind. It's Fidel Barajas moving from the Charleston Battery in the USL Championship to Real Salt Lake in Major League Soccer. There's a handful of fascinating parts about this. I think for the neutral, for the American soccer fan, the most interesting and relevant part is that it is the latest transfer from one division to the next inside of the United States misshapen weird soccer pyramid. We don't see a lot of moves from the USL Championship or USL period to Major League Soccer. We see it with Diego Luna. We see it with Kevon Lambert last year. Now we see it with Fidel Barajas. There have been others in the past, but it is not a pipeline. It is a weird, bent-out-of-shape, rusty pipe that only lets a few drops of water through. But with every move, it gets easier. And with this Fidel Barajas move, it will get easier. With Barajas moving from Charleston to Real Salt Lake, things start to get simpler. And more and more young players start to see this as a viable path to the next level. It is still very, very early to call this a trend, to say that this is something that's going to happen a lot going forward because we just don't have the evidence to support that. But every time we see a young, talented player who chose, by the way, to go from an MLS academy to the USL, going from San Jose to Charleston, to then have Charleston be the spot that can help him dictate his next step, that is relevant. And it is a sign of things potentially to come for American soccer. Barajas, young You know, dual national Mexican-American has mostly played for Mexico, was at the U-17 World Cup, is generally regarded, and I think I would agree with this for the most part, as the best talent that has ever set foot in the USL Championship on the youth academy side, on on the young player side, I should say. He is very, very well regarded, great left foot, very talented attacker who sees space. He was one of the leading chance creators of any age in the USL Championship last year as a kid really playing amongst men, and that is good news for him to show that much promise at such a young age, and it's good news for RSL. And this is the other fascinating part, I think, of this move. Not only does it maybe move the pipeline one half step forward, but it also is another example of Real Salt Lake being the MLS team to go out there and make these kinds of moves. They're the MLS team that says, hey, let's go scout USL and make a couple of deals there. They've, they went out to sign Diego Luna from El Paso. They went out to sign Kevin Lambert, Jamaican International from Phoenix Rising. They're signing Fidel Barajas. They, they sort of see more value in USL. And we'll have more coming on Backyield.com about that in the coming days. But a fascinating transfer, I think, for a number of reasons for what it shows about the landscape. For Barajas himself, a player who is absolutely going to be one worth watching as he beds in with RSL and then from the RSL angle as well inside of MLS and where you go out and try to find undervalued talent. So, Real Salt Lake are making moves in Major League Soccer, and they have a lot more moves to make. There are also some other teams around MLS that have a ton of work to do, more work to do than Real Salt Lake. I want to look at teams that have the most check off their to-do list before the actual season starts. 
Looking at Toronto FC first. Now, Ben Wright, who's doing great MLS coverage for us here at Backheel, the head of and during the 2024 regular season, had a fantastic piece on a related topic over on the site that dropped this morning. Uh, Transfer Watch, what each MLS team needs ahead of the 2024 season. Ben went to look at the top priority for each club in Major League Soccer. All 29, there are depth charts in there. There's a ton of detail. If you're an MLS fan, go check that piece out right now. But zeroing specifically in on teams that have a bunch of stuff to do Toronto FC's top of the list. Their ownership group took a big swing on Insigne and Bernadeschi. It did not pay off, and now all of a sudden their roster is a shell of what it could have been or maybe what it should be. They need new DPs. They need to sort out the Italians. They need a new number nine. Like There's so much work to be done. You can conceivably look at every single position in the entire squad and say, okay, they might need to upgrade here, or they definitely need to upgrade here. Toronto FC have a lot of work to do, as do... Austin FC, who I think maybe have more to do than any team in the Western Conference. There are some contenders for that, and they're starting to be connected to new players. Austin FC under their new front office management, but they need a number nine. They need more depth and more quality in midfield. They also still need talent across the back line. Like, there's a lot of work that needs to happen here for Austin FC. If they want to get anywhere close to where they were in the past, uh, stuff needs to happen there. Continuing to march down my list of teams that you should be watching extra closely as they need to make a flurry of moves. Charlotte FC, they've gotten out and hired a new manager. They've made some progress. But are you going to go into 2024 with Camille Josviak on one wing and Kerwin Vargas on the other and Karol Swiderski still without a position? I don't think so. Now, there are moves that have been reported around Charlotte FC players that they're looking for. I think this squad is going to look different in week one than it does right now. But man, figuring out especially what to do with Josviak, I think, is a massive priority not that he can't be a productive wingback. I don't think he can be a productive winger, but a wingback in MLS, that's it's possible. Dean Smith, though, their new manager, has just never really shown an inclination that he wants to use wingbacks on a consistent basis, which leaves Josiak mostly without a position. So something needs to happen there. Things need to happen in general for Charlotte FC. Moving down, sort of the alphabetical list at this point, is DC United. They have a new manager, one of the youngest in Major League Soccer. They have a new chief soccer officer, the youngest in Major League Soccer, and Ali McKay. And they also have an open DP spot for a roster that didn't do very well last season under Wayne Rooney. They need more talent. They need more top-end talent to go out there and try to take the ceiling of this team and push it up a bit higher. They have some good young players. Teddy Pietro is maybe top of that list. They have some good DPs. Christian Menteke, I think, is certainly the best DP in this squad over Mateus Click. Menteke is a reliable goal scorer in this league. And they have some fine pieces in the back line. They traded for Aaron Herrera earlier in the offseason. But there's a lot more that still needs to be done there. Maybe they find a top-end DP. I hope for DC United's sake that they do. We'll see what Troy Lissan and Ali McKay cook up. But this roster, if it looks the same in week one as it does now, there are going to be problems in the nation's capital. Up next on my list, and I've got two more teams that I'm watching extra closely. It's LAFC. This is kind of a weird pick given that they were just in MLS Cup. They still have some good players. They have the top-end talent that not a lot of other MLS teams have. But what's going to happen with Dennis Buwanga, who is an elite winger, probably the best in all of MLS if we don't count Leo Messi in that category? He either wants to go or he wants a new deal. And what's going to happen with Carlos Vela? Are you going to re-sign him? You didn't sign Diego Palacios to a new deal. He's off to Brazil. Giorgio Chiellini retired. You changed your goalkeeping core. Are you going to sign a backup number six to Ilier? Are you going to go out there and find another number eight in midfield? There are real questions about this squad. The biggest one outside of Buwanga, in my mind, is are you going to go get another number nine? Mario Gonzalez didn't seem to work out when they acquired him midseason last year. Are you going to go out there and make a splash? Are you going to go out and get a, a player who you know 
can give you 15 goals and five assists to bring others into the game as well. It's a massive question for John Thornton leading this front office. This club has right now two DP spots open, and if Buwanga something happens there, they could have three. There are potentially big changes that are going to happen with this team, and I think there are big changes that need to happen with a lot of holes in the squad relative to where they were playing in MLS Cup. Finally, and there are other teams that still need to do stuff, but the other team that I think is worth highlighting here is the Portland Timbers, who have two open DP spots to work with after Neoskoda and Jimmy Chara have both left the club this offseason. They have a Vander and some interest from South America in, in their lone DP at this point. What's going to happen on that front? They still probably need reinforcement in midfield and then a number nine and a winger, really, unless they're going to move Senti Moreno into midfield. There could be another option there, and then you just devote another spot to a winger somewhere. But they, they need to do something in this attack, especially filling those two DP spots. There aren't a ton of clubs across MLS that have the roster flexibility that the Timbers are going to have and do have right now. What does Phil Neville want to do? What does that front office want to do? Time will tell. So there's my cursory look at a few clubs that need to make big moves in the offseason. Again, go check out Ben Wright's piece on Backheel.com, looking at every team in depth. There are depth charts in there as well. Go check that story out on Backheel.com. Tons of other good stuff coming on the site over the coming weeks and beyond. For now, we'll park this MLS chat right here and be back with more American Soccer Talk next week. (laughs) 